Blue Wire Podcasts. Welcome to All Eyes on Cleveland here on the OBR Streaming Network. Glad to see you tuning in out there on YouTube and Twitch. Make sure you hit that like button, smash that subscribe button. Thanks for tuning in here tonight. As we are in the dog days of summer, but uh, just around the corner, training camp awaits and uh, all sorts of fun with the Hall of Fame game and the Fantasy Expo, which we're going to talk about in a little bit here. But first, let's bring in my guest. You know him well. He is a friend of show and often my co-host on All Eyes on Cleveland. His name is Josh Keeley. He played running back for Valparaiso. And he is now a writer at the Buckeyes Wire. Welcome to the show, Josh. Uh, how how are you, sir? I'm doing good, man. I'm excited to talk some ball with you. I'm excited to talk about the supplemental draft. I appreciate you letting me know that an additional wide receiver entered. So that'll that'll be fun. We got two guys this year. That'll be interesting. Supplemental draft is always kind of fun to monitor. It is. Uh, two players in the supplemental draft. We'll get to that here momentarily. Uh, let's handle a... Well, before we get into some Browns news today, I, I heard a conversation on my way home, and I wanted to ask you about it as a former player. Uh, so, turf is becoming a hot topic, right, uh, yeah. in the NFL. And at all levels, really, right? Yeah. Uh, you've played on turf. You've played on probably nice turf. Have you played on shitty turf? Uh, t- tell me where you're at with turf and uh, natural grass. The difference, uh, you know, the really, really nice turf that they've put in some of these places, is it as good as natural grass, or is there still that lack of give? Does it Should it be all? Like the NFL has endless supply of money. Should it all be grass? I, I think so. So one of the benefits of playing at such a small school is I, I did get to see a wide variety. I mean, I played on the crappiest of of muddy high school fields. You know what I mean? But also I got to yeah. practice in places like Kinnick Stadium. You know, you talk about me uh, working at Buckeyes Wire, so I get to go on uh, the Woody Hayes often in the shoe. And that turf is is widely known as, as really, really bad turf. Uh, you know, a lot of Ohio State's riddled with injuries constantly, and a lot of people blame that. Um, I'm always going to be a grass guy. I, you know, I think a lot of players would back me up. Um, it's easier, you know, when you're hitting the ground, it's a little bit, I feel like it's easier on your body. Um, you know, you don't get turf burn. Um, you know, I feel like I, I, tur- you're, I mean, you're faster on turf. There's no doubt about it, right? But for a guy like me, you know, speed wasn't necessarily my game anyway. So I, I'm always going to pick grass. And I think that m- most players are going to agree with that, even the guys that benefit from playing on turf, even if you talk to, well, maybe not kickers and punters, but – you know, most guys, even the speed guys, are gonna gonna side with the grass part. You know, like you said, there's enough money out there; they should be able to to do that. That shouldn't even be a thing. Yeah, right. Like, so you get this, and, and this is the thing, right? So there's turf at the NFL level, and then they're putting these fields in uh, at the college level and high school level, and they're putting in turf fields, and they shouldn't. Yeah. Like, there should be a movement to eliminate turf as a whole, I agree. anywhere possible. Uh, where, where, because, uh, the injuries are just absurd, you know, no give, uh, it caused so many knee, 
knee problems and then the concussion issue, as you mentioned, just, you know, any, on the any old, lower, any yeah. lower, lower body, I mean, you, you get, you, it's easier to mess up your ankle, your knee, pick, just pick anything lower body. You're easy. It's easier to get messed up and tangled on, on turf. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. You know, I, that's a bit, that's a, a constant thing brought up around the Ohio state community is, you know, when are they going to switch it over? When are they going to switch it over? When are they going to switch it over? Uh, they need to do that. They, I, so, you know, that that's Ohio state. That's not the NFL, right? The NFL's got gobs yeah, and gobs man. and gobs of money. So yeah, I'm, I'm kind of surprised by it. That's crazy. The, uh, I mean, Ohio state has so much money to put into that. Why not make it yeah. grass? Right. Uh, exactly. it's not exactly. even like it's an indoor stadium. I mean, I just, I, I just I don't get it. I just don't get it. Uh, all right. Uh, so I heard somebody talking about that, and I wanted to get your thoughts on it, but it seems rather silly uh, at this point. Um, you know, they talk about, like, MetLife, right? Like, MetLife has gotten so many people because they talk about how bad that turf is, right? Like, uh, yeah, it's just crazy. I don't, I don't think that, that I'm in the minority there. I think that most players or anybody who's been on the field is going to tell you, and that goes for, you know, because turf – like you said, back in the day when we were growing up, like when I was in middle school or high school, you didn't see turf very often because it was expensive. Uh, but you know now it's everywhere because it's so it's cheaper to just slap it in there and not hire a grounds crew. Do you know what I mean? Yep. So it's not it, yep. it's, and I feel like most people would 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 agree and say, hey, I don't want to. You know, I, if you give me the option, I pick grass, and I think that that's true for even the track star guys like Tyreek. So. Yeah, all players, I think, would say that. So, interestingly enough. All right, you're watching All Eyes on Cleveland. I'm Brad Ward. That's Josh Keatley. Uh, make sure you hit like and subscribe once again. Uh, it's All Eyes on Cleveland here on the OBR stream. Thank you all for joining us. As, as you're filing into the chat, the best chat in all the world. Thanks to Evan Joseph for subscribing for 17 straight months. Good man. Uh, okay. Uh, Keith Nash won a t-shirt last week uh, while you were away, so Keith's uh, t-shirt is, is on his way. Uh, so that's that's exciting stuff. Uh, all right. I want to talk about, uh, first of all, the news of the day. I don't know much about this guy. His name is Stacarius Keys. Uh, he was signed by the Browns today. But, uh, you know, we'll get into Stacarius in a minute. He's a cornerback. Uh, yep. But in more... You know, in more surprising news, they released Dawson Deaton, uh, just a seventh-round yeah. pick from a year ago, uh, and a center. Now, they are kind of log-jammed at center, but I am surprised that it was Deaton uh, to go to see the door. I guess, you know, that I guess that speaks well for Whipler, maybe, um, or what they oh, saw so. from Whipler in OTAs uh, and things in the rookie minicamps and stuff. Anyways, Zacharias Keys is a seventh round uh, pick from the Chiefs. Uh, he played, uh, appeared in eight games as a rookie, uh, one game for Chicago, four for Indy. Uh, he's kind of bounced around. Uh, not much. Uh, I believe that the Ravens last had him on their roster and let him go back, uh, I don't know, back in May or something like that. So uh, he joins the Browns' uh, 90 man roster. This is the kind of news we're getting this time of year, folks. It's not uh, earth-shattering stuff here. But, you know, we've talked about the the lack of draft picks to, to be shown the door. Dawson Deaton gets shown the door. Now, if he, you know, 
I, I guess he's done, right? I mean, 90 man roster, uh, let go. There's not much coming back from that. You know, it's not like we're talking about yeah. making through waivers to get to the practice squad or anything. I mean, uh, there's 90 dudes there on this roster and Deaton yeah. was sent away. So, uh, I guess it may be injury related or maybe he didn't recover from that injury because he blew up his knee last year too. Right. I, I, I am unaware of that. Um, yeah. Either way, I'd still be shocked. I mean, if he got if he blew up his knee last year, I'm still kind of shocked. I mean, he's a center that's still young. I don't know. I, I guess I, I, I again, I, I wasn't in love with him. It's not like uh, you know when they when they drafted, you know, uh, when they drafted Luke Whipler, I was excited, right? You know, I got on your show, I, I ranted and read. I didn't do that with uh, with Deaton, but. He was good. He was a solid center at Texas Tech, and he's a very intelligent player. He was a guy that that was the kind of, kind of guy you like in the seventh round, a guy that didn't win physically but won with his intelligence. So the physical limitations, you know, shouldn't hurt him, should make him an okay reserve guy, someone that I thought you could move, you know, maybe to play guard. I thought he was an intelligent player, so I'm kind of shocked by this. You know, like I said, he's never – I never considered him as a potential starter – but that is a, a depth guy that I thought that, hey, you know, hey, remember that guy? Yeah, that guy was with the Browns for 10 years. A guy like that that we would talk about. But that's not the yeah. case at all. They got rid of him er as early as possible. So I'm a bit shocked yeah. by that. He's gone, though. Deaton is yeah. out. So uh, I don't know. Maybe that says something uh, for my guy uh, that got Wally Pipped that I wrote about. Um, uh, maybe that says something for Nick Harris. I don't know. We'll find out. But. Uh, it'll be interesting to see. Obviously, Pochick is going to start, and then uh, yep. Harris and Whipler there behind him. Uh, you know, on the depth chart, they had Deaton listed. Now, this is our lad, so nothing official here, but they had Deaton listed as a guard slash center, but uh, under the guards behind Drew Forbes. So I I'm surprised that he's all the way down there at 90. Let's just say that. Um, okay. Yeah. Supplemental draft. Uh, additional name has been added. There are two names now in the supplemental draft. Uh, there's Milton Wright, who is from Purdue. Uh, he did not play last year. Academic issues. What, what yep. do we know about Milton Wright? You cover the Big Ten. What do we know about Milton? Yeah, Milton's a solid receiver. I don't know if he if, if that would be a guy that if they threw a fifth rounder at, I wouldn't scoff at. Um, I know a lot of people are a lot lower on him than than I am, and that's okay. I understand that. You know, he's he's an you know whenever you have a guy that deals with academic issues, right? That's a major red flag. And he was always second or third fiddle. He was behind uh, Rondell Moore uh, and David Bell, and then he was behind David Bell. So the time he was able to kind of be the dude and step up and be the dude, he flunked out. Right. So it's like you didn't really get to see him take the focus. And he benefited greatly from a lot of bracket yeah. coverage, from a lot of double coverage to those guys. Um, he's not the fastest guy in the room. He's never going to be. But that really wasn't his game. Um, it's surprising that he had academic issues because he is when you watch him play, he plays like a very intelligent wide receiver. Um, I was at the game when he smoked seven banks to uh, 2020. I, he, there was a game he had he had two just gigantic games, uh, one against Northwestern a few years ago. Obviously, they were all a few years ago. And then against Ohio State, I bet he had – I don't know I don't know if he cracked the 100-yard mark, but he had to have two touchdowns. And they – I mean, they were – Ohio State was really trying to stop him, um, and they couldn't. 
Like, you know, they were, they were bringing a safety over seven banks was over there. Uh, number one corner was over there and they, they couldn't, they couldn't stop him. He was very good at figuring out um, where to, where to go, how to trick, you know, double moves and all that. He utilizes his head well, his shoulders well, was able to, to, to really trick these guys and, and get open. And uh, he's the kind of guy that he doesn't have to get in college. He didn't have to get a lot of space. He's a bigger guy, six foot three, six foot four. Aiden O'Connell would throw it up there. He's got long arms would go up there, and, and pick it out of the sky. Um, you know, a wise man once told me you don't want to draft guys that couldn't get separation in college, but, you know, you're talking about the supplemental draft, and it seems like both these guys had that issue. Um, to me, that would be the one to go with. The other guy, Malachi Weidman, you know, we talked to him briefly before the show. Uh, I don't know a lot about him, and the reason I don't know a lot about him is because he didn't play at all last year because he was also academically ineligible, and then when he got eligible again, he didn't play. He was buried on the Jackson State depth chart. So you talk about a guy who was buried on the depth chart in the SWAC conference. You know, I'm not trying to disparage. That's you know that that's my level of competition. He got buried on the depth chart, basically with guys that are comparable to me. That's not ideal, right? You know, and uh, he was fairly productive the year before. But again, that's in the one double A. So I would take uh, right. Milton Wright was all Big Ten two years ago. You know, in an offense that's catered towards wide receivers. This is also not a, a you know your classic. I know a lot of people think about the small school, Big Ten schools like Indiana and Northwestern. Uh, and I, you know, to me, recruiting rankings doesn't matter when you talk about the NFL draft, but it does to some. And this was also a guy that was fairly highly recruited. He came out of Kentucky. Um, I think Rondell Moore is from Kentucky too. Purdue had a little bit of a pipeline there. You know, there's 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 some there's some juice to it. I, I, again, I don't think he's ever going to be a starter, but this is a guy that I, I wouldn't be mad if they threw a pick at. I would be surprised if the Brown. Yeah, I, I think the Browns stay away from this one, this supplemental draft. Uh, I think they are, they have spent uh, their amount on wide receiver. But yeah, Milton Wright is an interesting guy. Malachi Weidman, you mentioned he's big, right? What, six five? You said, um, yeah. Ten, you know, was it Tennessee transfer portal to Jackson State? Uh, you know, and then as you said, he got buried. I mean, that's just kind of crazy, but uh, he must have some kind of talent. I mean, he got to, you know, got uh, full ride to Tennessee to go play football. So he must have yeah, some kind sure. of talent. The question is whether what, what, what has happened with the guy and why is he, uh, these guys enter the supplemental draft. Yeah. I don't know even do they. I want. I wonder if even he gets drafted or either of them even get drafted. Do you think somebody takes a flyer on Milton Wright? I, I don't. If it, I, I would be willing to bet. If it were me, if I was a team, wide receiver needy team, I don't know. Let's say the Colts. I don't have an issue with throwing something at Milton Wright because he has produced at a high level. I have seen it. Right. And you're not going to ask, neither one of these guys are Josh Gordon. Right. Neither one of them are Terrell Pryor. You know, right, I don't know. Name right. another supplemental a draft wide receiver, name a supplemental yeah. guy, Bernie Kozar, um, or even the kid that went to Washington a couple years back from Virginia Tech. I can't remember that guy's name for the life of me. That guy ended up doing nothing, too. Uh, but, uh, you know, but you're going to get that's the you're going to get that's the caliber wide receiver you see in those later rounds. Right. He's a, he is a notch above Cedric Tillman, but he's not quite where. Um, I don't know. Name a seventh round wide receiver is right. He's a little bit bigger and more productive than the kid that we drafted from Oklahoma. So he's going to be drafted in that range. So that's probably what you're what you're giving up on the Jackson State kid from the Weidman. I don't. That's a guy I would never throw a pick at because 
there's no production there, right? I would sign him. If the Browns signed him, I'd be stoked because that's a big body, former four-star recruit, right? Like you said, at Tennessee, had some brief potential before things – or brief production before things went south. So I would – I would sign him, but I'm not throwing a pick at him. There ain't no way because you get guys like that yeah. all the time. There's guys that suck all the time. The Brown, the Brown signed a kid that was at Jackson State and transferred to Michigan. Baldwin is his last name. I can't remember his first name, but that's the Dale same Allen. exact kind of player. Yeah, this is the same exact kind of player. Another big, big guy who was not productive that they were able to get after he was cut by another team. So it's the same. There's guys like that all the time. Um, so that's why Milton Wright would probably be my go-to if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, it makes perfect sense, uh, actually. So, uh, all right, you're watching All Eyes on Cleveland. So we've got a couple exercises to get through here tonight. I wanted to get through that news there, uh, some of the news going on around here. But I want to present you with this question first. So last week, I am uh, doing a show with Jake, and we're digging into, um, and I was writing an article on the Schwartz's defensive tackle rotation. So the week before I did edges and then, and I was looking at 2017, their Super Bowl year, right? And there's a breakdown of, you know, their entire Fletcher Cox, Jim Jernigan, Bo Allen, uh, you know, all these guys, right? Deshae, Veo, Elijah Qualls. They used six guys deep on a defensive tackle that year. Now, uh, and then I started to dig into the snaps that we're looking at guys uh, for um, the Browns, right? Like what, what, how many snaps did they play last year? And got even guys that even weren't on the Browns, like how many snaps did Ika play in college? So, so we get to Tom Lentz and stuff, right? He played 47.46% of the snaps last year. That's 551. Okay. The Browns gave him the 13th, largest interior uh, defender contract in the entire NFL, okay? And out of those 13 guys, he's played the least third downs by by far. The only guy on that list uh, that's even close to him is Vita Vea at 111 third downs last year. Really? Uh, Tom, Tomlinson played 67 third downs in 13 games last year and 53 total third downs in 2020 in 16 games. Pardon me, 2021 in 16 games. And in 2020, he only played 68 third downs. We're talking, I mean, that's very few, right? He's basically a two-down guy, right? And we kind of figured that a little bit, but... With Schwartz talking about pressure and they don't really have anybody else that's proven to get, you know, he's supposed to be the answer here. I was a little alarmed by these statistics in that you gave him this contract. What are the Browns going to expect him to do? And what? how many snaps are the Browns going to expect him to play? Uh, the Browns rotation last year. I have it somewhere. Um, well, Jordan Elliott played the, the most, uh, snaps followed by Taven Bryan, followed by, uh, Taven Bryan was that high? Yes. Followed by, uh, and you, this one was shocking to me too, with the third most amount of snaps was Perion Winfrey. Really? Oh uh, my gosh. 
I'm okay. still the Brian was still more shocking to me because I felt like he was kind of not. Yeah, no. Jordan Elliott played 64.53 percent of the snaps, defensive tackle. That's 703 snaps. Winfrey played 31 percent, and he was gone half the time. And he only 342 yeah. total snaps. Uh, Tristan Hill played 138 snaps last year. Um, so, I mean, I get, like they expect Tomlinson to be the answer. Should we be concerned? And do you think Schwartz is going to try to ask him to play on third downs? Or is he, do you just consider him a two down guy? Occasionally he'll get it on in on his third downs and that's it. So I, I was less alarmed before you ripped off those stats. When they signed yeah. him, I yeah. was much higher. I'm much higher on Tomlinson. Than the rest of than anybody else you'll talk to, you know, you know, we always talk about, uh, you know, Elijah Moore being the the kind of go to. That's me with Tomlinson. I think Tomlinson is a difference maker. He plays. He's shown flashes of dominance. So before you ripped off those stats, I envision him playing on third downs. Now, whether he is a factor on third downs, that's going to be how you know. Beauty is in the eye of the beholder, basically. Do I envision him getting a lot of sacks? No. Do I get him? Do I envision him getting a lot of penetration? No. But I do envision him eating up a ton of space and taking hands away from Garrett. To me, that's kind of all you need because Garrett is good. If you need you need to free up the goal should be to free up Garrett. And I think he does do that, even on third downs, if he doesn't move. Um, you know, because that kind of I mean, you you look back at Danny Shelton. There's, I have so many memories of Danny Shelton getting pushed back seven yards. <laughs> like, you know mm. what I mean? Like, if we could yeah. just, we could yeah. just avoid that. I think that's really going to help out, you know. And that's by one guy. Uh, you know, even if it takes three guys to push him out of the hole, I think that that that's less hands on Garrett. So, yeah, I, I envision him being in there. I don't think his body can do it as often as I hope because it's just, you know, that's we give the man weighs over three hundred thirty pounds. Um, but I, you know, yeah. I envision him being a, I be I envision him being a huge cog on the interior for sure. Yeah, I mean, I do too. I just, I guess, I was expecting more uh, and and plan to see more from him as far as you know well, he's going to be in add, on third downs. It feels like third downs, like you can't put. Four, I mean, maybe they will put four defensive tackles out there. At, you know, if you kick Zarius in and and whatever. But it feels like if it's not going to be him, then you're going to need to have a Perion Winfrey or somebody really step up as a pass rush guy on third downs that you can play. So, I, so you can play one defensive tackle on third down. So I guess that's my question to you, too. Like we're comparing, you know, the 13th largest contract. Defensive tackles is one of those positions, too, where it's like, you know, everybody looks for something different, right? You know, we all know what a good quarterback is. We all know what a good running back is. A good defensive tackle could be a lot of different things. You know, some of the best yeah. defensive tackles in NFL history don't have hardly any sacks their entire career. And then you have Aaron yeah. Donald on the other side, right? I, I think that they – they I do think that they like Jordan Elliott, okay? And I think that Jordan Elliott has a great first step – and if he can get better at it and, and split that gap, that's kind of your pass rusher, right? I don't think that they've had that big, heavy honcho that just, you know, they don't have that. They've never had that Vince Wolkford type. It's been a long time since there's been a guy that's just been so giant that they can't, they're unmo unmovable, right? And I think that that was the goal. So I think that they were willing to pay up for a guy that might not play as many snaps as, you know, Aaron Donald or whoever you, you pick. But he does his job, and he does his job very well. And that should free up 
that should help in a run game, obviously, ep- exponentially. And then that should free up Miles Garrett because he shouldn't move. I mean, he does that really well. Yeah. He does not moving very well. So Kevin makes a good point here. You know, third, third and one is a lot different than third and eight. So I would bet if we dug into these numbers a little more, and I and I probably will with this, this conversation, that we probably find out that a good portion of those 50, 60 limited third downs that Dalvin Tomlinson were playing were short yardage third downs, right? Like yeah. it, it doesn't feel like he's used in a in a in obvious pass situations. It feels like they pulled him off the field. Is that I'm fine? I think that. that's fair. I'm fine with that. Yeah. And, and you're okay with the Browns doing that too. Now, so like Ika, it feels like Tomlinson and Ika on like obvious rundowns, right? Uh, in there, space eaters trying to get upfield. And, and then more so like your Winfrey and then whoever else can step up, like your Hurst, your Elliott, as guys uh, that maybe need to be in when they're bringing five, you know, on yeah. third down and eight, right? Like, uh, it's probably not going to be Tomlinson or, or, or Ika unless they show propensity to, to be able to get to the quarterback more than they have like in the past. Right. I, I don't know. Do you view Ika as a guy that can play third downs? Probably not. Right. I mean, I, I think he, the potential's there. I don't, like I said, I, that, that's a guy last, last year's Ika. No, two years ago. Yeah. I think he's got a unique for those defensive tackles. Aren't going to get sacks. They're not going to get, they're not going to get five-yard penetration. But if you can get an elite first step where you make the center and guard panic and the quarterback to flush the pocket a little bit, then that you've done your job, and I think he can do that. I think he showed that he could do that against a lot of those high-powered Big 12 offenses that do nothing but throw the ball, and they're nothing but shotgun. He's going to have it's – it's a big leap. It's a big leap to the NFL. I'm not saying he's going to be able to do it tomorrow, but I think he could probably have more success doing that long term versus what you're seeing with Tomlinson. I think Tomlinson's already kind of already he is what he is. If you're telling me those are the stats, then you're probably right with Tomlinson because he's there's no he has reached his ceiling, if that makes sense. I don't think Ika has. There's some there's some juice yeah. there. Tom if that makes yeah, sense. I mean, are, we, your, are we are we saying Tommy Togia's cut? Is that what's happening with him too? I have think he's, I, I think he's a goner to be honest with you. Like I, that's personal opinion, you know I, I think he's out. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh, <laughs> fair. that's fair. He he's had some rough years, so yeah. Uh, all right. So you know why Evan is asking? You know why is is he uh, covering receivers? Uh, no. So my, I think our point here is that um, on third downs. Uh, you want to be, they want to be faster, right? Like, you know, yep. they don't Tom, like, so Tomlinson and Ika are going to be guys that maybe aren't great at, they can maybe push the pocket, but aren't going to be quick to get to the quarterback, maybe better disrupting like run plays and stuff. Like most of Tomlinson's highlights are, there are some of him getting to the quarterback, right? Um, but the majority of them are like, him eating dudes in the hole. Right. And, uh, that's kind of more of his game. So I think on third down, what Schwartz is going to more likely want is like Zadarius, you know, Alex Wright kicked inside Zadarius kicked inside miles, Okoronkwu, and like maybe one defensive tackle or two defensive tackles. If they're bringing five, right. 
um, which he has talked about wanting to bring five guys uh, on this defense because of the secondary and the trust he has in the secondary. Um, well, and I, I, you know, I don't want to crap on Maurice Hurst either. That's a guy who's had a pretty up and down career, and I'm not writing letters to his mom or anything. But, I, you know, that's a guy who has shown flashes, and he's got a quick first step. So that might, I think he might be in the, vi- the future more than we're willing to talk about, if that makes sense. Uh, I, I'm a big fan of Hurst, and I really, really hope that he can um, fill a role for this team. So, I think he can. Absolutely. I really do. Yeah, if he could stay healthy, right? Uh, I mean, that's, that's the, the thing. Key. It's always been health. You know, uh, this is a great question here from Gigan. You know, what percentage of third downs did Jim Schwartz put an edge in at three tech? I don't know. I'll dive into that, and I'll, that's actually probably something I could write up on. But it feels like a high percentage, at least on one side. Really? Like, so he talks about eight nine man rotation, right? And he talks about. Um, if you look in my last article, there's a long quote from him talking about just, you know, the, the benefits of the, that deep of a rotation going as hard as you can, every play and Tomlinson's talking about it too, playing fast. Uh, they really want these guys not thinking, just going as fast as they can to try to disrupt and, and, and like fix behind it and then disrupt and fix behind it. And that's kind of like the philosophy, uh, as as Jake kind of explained it even better that way. But, you know, my understanding is, you know, they don't want these guys two gapping. They want them slashing and, and diving. And he's going to use a lot of stunts and games and loops and, and to try to, you know, stress communication on the offensive line and create an open, an open lane, right? Somebody running free at the quarterback. So, um, yeah, but uh, that's kind of, uh, that's kind of what they're going to do. And, and so I think that Schwartz probably, you know, on, I, I'll say this on third and obvious pass situations, I think you probably see like a hybrid group of like, cause Zadarius Smith plays inside so often and so well, I think that you probably in the first, I know this in OTAs, the first group they came out with, right. Was Tomlinson, Zadarius Smith, Clowny, uh, not Clowny, pardon me, not Clowny, uh, uh, Garrett, and Okoronkwo. So that's three edges and Tomlinson. But Zadari is playing the three tech. So just a thought there on that. I, like, I think that's a, that's a, what kind of like a hybrid group of what you'll see in obvious past situations. Evan says, I don't mean to be smart, but if uh, the pocket is gone, the QB flushes right into our edges and safeties. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, like, listen, I don't mean to, that, he, that he can't ever get to the quarterback. I'm just going off of the numbers that I kind of found alarming that he played very minimal third downs compared to all defensive tackles in the league. Like uh, the only dude in the top 13, I mean, you're paying a guy a lot of money and not be able to really pressure the quarterback on third downs. Right. I would be um, interested to see how many of those guys in the top 13 weigh over 325 pounds though you know what i mean like because that's a specific sure he's playing the space eater role as the chat is constantly using that term that that's a specific role that's different than the slashing gap blitzing role right so you know i bet he i I don't know it would just be interesting to see him 
Yeah, so I, I agree. And, and then what I would say is that um, what I would say about about the the what we looked at when me and Jake were kind of looking at these numbers is the guy that is most comparable to Tomlinson as far as not playing any third downs, but a really good player like him is DJ reader. Right. So we would think really highly of DJ reader because he's been extremely disruptive against the Browns and he's been kind of a problem. Right. Yeah. So he's a really good player, but he played, he's like very similar right around the same amount of snaps only around 50, 60 third downs on the year. So there's a guy that you can, yeah, yeah, exactly. When you take that, yeah. I will take it as long as they can find the guys that can get there on third down. And that's my question, right? Yeah. I think, I think that that's kind of, that's, that's basically the theme of the the Cleveland Browns is this guy can do this. If this works, right. You know what I mean? There's, there's a, except there's, if you look, you got Nick Chubb, you got Amari Cooper, you got Den, you got Denzel Ward, um, you know, you got Miles Garrett. Those guys are going to do what they do, no matter what's surrounding them, no matter what's going on. But everybody else, the entire roster is filled with guys like, man, that guy could be really good if we had this or this could help him. If that makes sense, so I feel like if the vision is there that he can be a step towards achieving that. Stephen Glock, uh, not a name I recognize. Welcome into All Eyes on Cleveland, and uh, good question here. So, can you update the health on uh, Walker and Taki? Taki, thanks. They've been rather hush hush about this. A Walk was uh, participating limited in you know mini camp. Uh, Taki, Taki, I don't expect. I'll be perfectly honest. I I would be surprised if he's if he's ready before the bye week. That's just me. I I mean. Knowing how the Browns play, it's safe with them. I would be surprised if we see him before the bye week. Well, you disagree? But you disagree? Walker, no, no, I don't. I don't disagree. But Anthony Walker, you're thinking he's going to be. He, they're being cautious. Yeah, Taki Taki's hurt. There's not. We don't. You know, he's out. But Anthony Walker, like him being kind of like going half go proud. That's more of cautionary stuff, right? Like you think. Yes, I, I believe. I believe Anthony Walker will be your starting middle linebacker week one. Week one. Okay. We're on the same page there. Yeah, for sure. I think yeah. so. And then, but this is just, you know, just so you know, Stephen, this is just speculation and kind of reading the room kind of stuff. This isn't anything official because they haven't given anything official on this kind of stuff. But no. based on participation, how Walker looked, at minicamp in OTAs, reports that I've read, it sounds like a walk they're being cautious with, but will be ready. And now he got hurt so much further a long time ago compared to Taki. Now I think they that that they think that Taki Taki is way ahead of schedule. I just know that the Browns to be very cautious with these guys coming back from injuries, right? Well, I think that they should be too. You got a walk who's yeah. who's north of thirty, right? I think he's he's yeah. at thirty, right? And uh, then you got. Uh, I don't think he's north he's, of thirty, is he? He's he's close then, right? He's he's high twenties, yeah. Yeah, and then you got uh, Taki Taki, who his his playing style doesn't really it suit well with the guy who's bumped and bruised. So I, you know, I want I would want to wait as long as possible, make sure those guys are one hundred percent before throwing them back out there. He's twenty nine, okay. 29. Erroneous. No Erroneous. Erroneous. Yeah, so there you go. Erroneous. Uh, sorry about that. 
So uh, I want to uh, transition real quickly to. Oh, someone said he's twenty-seven. Well, how old is he? Twenty-seven. That means he, I mean, twenty-seven. He's or on his third contract, right? A walk is in his athletic prime. Twenty-seven. Interesting. Uh, maybe well, we can get. I'm not messing with him. I'm waiting as long as possible until he's until he's hundred percent healthy. Nineteen ninety-five. I, that's what I thought. I I said, yeah. I mean, he was. <laughs> Keith admits he was just guessing. Okay, good, good guess. I was in the same ballpark with you there, Keith. I I was going to say twenty eight. I think he's younger than we think. Uh, so absolutely, Apparently, good job. Good job. I thought he was. The, I thought he was with the Colts longer than he was. Yeah. Uh, good job by Gig in there. Yeah. Hey, listen up, fantasy football fanatics. Join the OBR and the nation's foremost fantasy football experts at the Fantasy Football Expo 2023 in Canton from August 11th through the 13th, the weekend following Joe Thomas's induction. Uh, the Fantasy Football Expo weekend is filled with everything you'd expect when a bunch of fantasy football enthusiasts and fans get together for a weekend parties, fantasy drafts, pro football hall of fame, more parties and a ton of fantasy football information from the top fantasy football minds in the country. And, yes, the OBR will be there in booth number 24 in the Expo Hall on Sunday and wandering around the festivities on Saturday. Yes, I will be there. Andrew will be there. Jake will be there. Um, Barry will be there. Uh, Mike Everybody will be there except for Jack, I believe. So, uh, yeah, go go to the uh, go to the expo, baby. It should be fun. Um, I'm looking forward to meeting the guys from uh, SGB SGBN uh, Sports Gambling Podcast. Your boy Colby uh, doing a nice job on the uh, college previews right now. Oh my gosh, uh, yeah, he's over the there. Yeah. So, uh, um, but yeah, they. I'm looking forward to uh, that. So, yeah. Uh, math says chat. Thanks. Carry the two. Uh, all right. Let's. Uh, what do we got down here? Let's get to a question from uh, Joe Mannix. Is uh, Miles, Jack, or Dion in the picture at linebacker? I don't believe so. I think that. Um, yeah. Uh, I. I don't believe so, Joe. Uh, I know that two different publications have written up Miles. Uh, it's Miles Jack, right? Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. His name, for Miles. Sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Have written up Miles Jack as a potential guy that the Browns could add. I don't see it at this line at this point. I would be surprised if they added a linebacker. I think that if if. Uh, Anybody surprises us in that room, I'm hope I think it'll be Diabate. Uh, so, um, I, you know, the undrafted priority, undrafted free agent. Um, so, yeah, the uh, and Deion Jones, I, I don't see him coming back. I don't think, you know, he did an admiral tried to do an no. admirable job last year, but was not very good. I don't think so. Thoughts on the on Miles Jack would guys? be cool, you know. I'm a little biased towards Miles Jack because he was so fun to watch at UCLA. You know, played running back too. Um, you know, he I, that could be a guy. 
how old is he? That's a good Google. Because, I mean, I, I always kind of thought when they drafted him, like, okay, that's a late bloomer. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you're talking about a guy. He was all – he was with – I forgot he was with the Steelers last year and, and still didn't really do much. I, I, I take a flyer on him. I, I, I have no problem with that. Deion Jones, that ship sailed, though. That guy was pretty bad. But I yeah. love Deion Jones, too, so I wouldn't be upset if they signed him back either. But he, but he was not good. Yeah, he was um, – I don't know. He just didn't uh, – he didn't cut it. Uh, no. You know, they were in a jam. And, yep. Uh, yeah. So – MJ from three years ago would be great, says Kevin. Yeah, that that's that's the guy you want, right? Like that's a difference maker. I I think that he has kind of fallen off too, as I as he's mentioned. I wish Go I knew. Why. I mean, I don't remember him getting any massive injury or anything. I don't know, man. These these guys just go sometimes, right? Like, uh, and sometimes it's situational. Like, even Deion Jones wasn't very old, but like situationally, they stopped. They started playing a different style in front of him, and he just yeah. never was the same guy again, right? Uh, it's what it felt. Yeah, like. I, I I would still. I I don't. The Miles Jack thing would be interesting because you pair him with JOK and with the. Big old defensive line in front of you. You might you might be able to get some of that spark back because he. I mean, there's he's got to still have that unique athleticism. I mean, that that dude's an athlete. So, but again, right. be biased. All right, guys. So I'm going on a uh, fantasy show tonight uh, at nine o'clock. If you wanted to tune in, TSS fa- Fantasy. Uh, didn't Smith play? Roving MLB in Green Bay, uh, mugging up gaps and shit. Uh, yeah, uh, I think he he did. Are you talking about? Is he talking about um, my guy? Uh, yeah. Who? Who's he talking about? Oh, Zadarius. Oh, Zadarius. Yeah, I mean, he did some different stuff. It was a totally different. They're they're not going to ask him to do that in our in, in with the Browns though. He's going to be strictly an edge. I don't I remember mean, him doing too much of that. The mugging thing. I don't think a lot of NFL teams do that really, unless they're doing something odd. Um, you know, you see that a lot in college where that's like wait, a base front. Linebackers yeah, well, you get that. Shoes. You get that simulated pressure, right? Like, uh, you get a lot of the simulated pressure. Yeah, right? I mean, and, and yeah, they do that. They do that. But like, um, I think he was more. They might have used him a little bit, but really, like in an edge, he, he's playing a you know maybe in a three outside. Uh, yeah, he was uh, in that outside linebacker slash edge in a three four right where he moves around yeah. a little maybe had the move, freedom to move around a little bit more and do some of that but uh he won't be asked to do that i doubt in the in this situation you know so um uh, i did want to get to uh so i i needed a prediction tonight and i've made my prediction before i had 11 wins but i thought this was worth uh while going over real quickly here as the show uh is uh Getting towards our end here. So, guys, Brown's odds this year. Uh, nine and a half wins, right, is the number. Um, this is from DraftKings, right? Yeah. Uh, minus 135 to the under, 
plus 115 to the over. Now, I said 11 wins. That was okay. my prediction after looking through the schedule. I had them at, I believe I, I said 11 and 6. Um, I Perfectly okay. honest, I think it's 11 and 6 or 10 and 7. I think uh, either gets you gets you in, probably, um, but I think it's an over bet for me either way on, on nine and a half. Thoughts? So, I I I think that if you're gonna bet the brown, I find it odd that there's that big of a disparity plus one fifteen to negative one thirty five. Um, so I mean, I guess with that, you know, I, I'd probably take the over as well. That number's tight. I feel like that is a very fleshed out tight number. Um, I'm with you. Yeah. You know, I'm a Browns fan, so I kind of got to keep that bias in check, right? So when I'm looking at these numbers, that, you know, from an objective eyeball, it, that's a pretty good number. I'm going to be honest with you. If you're peaking at the, let me ask you this. So you got the Browns winning 11 games. So you're not, 11 games is not super confident in the over then, correct? I mean, you know, because there's some teams where I'm looking, I'm like, oh man, they should be that by two or three games, right? I'm pretty confident they go over. Like I, I, I think like, I think it really has to fall apart on really? Watson's on, on Watson. Like, I think Watson can be seventy percent of what he was two years ago in Houston, and I think that they'll win 10, 11 games. Yeah, I actually was having this discussion with someone else where I said something similar. I said, you know, Watson doesn't have to be a top five quarterback. This roster is good enough to where as long as he's top 15 and isn't terrible, yeah. they can do yeah. some damage. Here's what I was hinting at, though, is that if you look at the the specifics under DraftKings or what do they call it, the, the stage of elimination, yeah. if you take the Browns to lose in the wild card round, that is plus 280. So at 11 wins, if you think – so you and I are kind of on the same page, 10, 11 wins. That sounds like, okay, they're not going to – because, the, the I mean, ideally the, the either the Bengals or Ravens are going to win more than that. Whoever wins the division is going to win more than that, right? They're not yeah, going to win the division, I mean, basically, with what we're saying. Yeah, so here's where the numbers get funky, and this is what we wanted to talk about, right? So okay, sure. you go from – Go from that, right? The minus that or the plus one fifteen to the over nine and a half, right? Yep. And you look at the odds to win the division. Cincinnati plus one fifty, the Ravens plus two twenty, Browns plus four twenty five, and the and the Steelers plus four fifty. I don't so, know if I would take that bet. I would rather take the over. So, so why the why the discrepancy from? Here's what I'm trying to to do right here, right? Um, okay. Think like mechanical parlay, right? So pl plus one fifteen to the over to win ten games. But plus four twenty five to win the division. That ten games is that far off from winning the division. You think? I do. Think I don't so, think yeah. it is. I don't really? think it is. No. In this division, you don't think they're going to beat up on each other? I see. I, I think eleven games wins the division. Uh, maybe even ten, and a tiebreaker. Like, 
I don't know. You think Cincinnati runs so away this, with it? Is that what you're thinking? I, that was my thought, but I mean, you know, you got so the Bengals won 12 games last year. The Ravens won se- ten. And the Steelers won nine. The, the Browns won seven. So you're you're thinking that. So you're. I guess you're right. If everything plays out the same way, right? Because then the Browns are in. You're thinking the, the if everything stays the same, you're you're flipping the Browns and the Ravens, right? That's what the records you're envisioning. Yeah. So all right. So it's a more competitive A because Pickett's in year two. Uh, yeah. I think the Steelers are be- better talent wise than they were last year. I don't think they're world beaters. I think they're the worst team. Well, in they, the ha- they have to be right because they, right. they're they're two their two mainstays on offense are going to be entering their second year, and they drafted an offensive tackle that's ready to start now. So they have to be better, right, theoretically. I think they're better, but I don't think they're better than the teams in the division. So Fair. Now, I agree. I, I think that the Ravens are a massive question mark. Like, change of offense, new wide receivers, Todd Munkin, great. Does it work with Lamar? I That's a huge question mark. That's as big of a question mark to me. Like not as big as as uh, as I don't mean it like it's as big of a question impact wise. I think it's as questionable as like does Watson return? And I actually have more confidence that Watson and the Browns offense is successful than I do the Ravens offense just flat out working it. So Todd really? Monk is just going to walk in the door with OBJ and Zay Flowers and, and Lamar, and he's going to start throwing dimes all over the field from the pocket? After no. After running I, Greg I, Roman's offense for the past seven, how many ever years? What, I, I got to see that, it to believe it. That's fair. But, okay, so what, what's, their to- what's their win total at? They won. They won ten games last year, and Lamar Jackson was hurt half the time, and that offense was stale. So you think they're better or worse than ten games? Uh, I, I I think I don't think they win ten games. Really? So you think they're worse? I'm down on the Ravens, big time. So you're you're down enough. You're down enough on the Ravens. So okay, now they're but they're still. You got if you're saying you would rather bet on the Browns to win the division, but that's still one more team, the Bengals. Right, right. I'm just saying so the discrepancy they, between 425 at 10 wins uh, to to plus 115 doesn't make any sense to me. I I think I get it, man. See now, the the if you're if I'm picking out a weird bet to make, if you look if you pick the Browns to lose in the wild card round, that is plus 280. That's See, I think that weird. that. But that doesn't that seem that seems like a pretty because if they win nine or ten games, if they win ten or eleven games, they're not going to win the division, right? They'll get in the but wild card. Uh, yeah. So and, so if, play and let's say you can, yeah. So I plus two eighty there, or you can have them lose in the divisional round and be plus uh, five fifty. That's where I put my money. If I'm the, if I'm the if I'm betting the, if I want to bet the Browns, that's where I'm putting my money. We're not losing. Well, then you can you can bet on the divisional round, and that's still plus five fifty, five fifty. And they don't have to win the division. They don't have to win the division. You can get plus five fifty. They can lose the division. They can win in the wild card round. Out the next, you get to cash your check, cash your ticket. That, so you so you're best off doing. So you're best off going over ten wins, and then taking that all whatever you win there. 
if you think they're not going to lose in the wild card and then turning around and betting the futures to the to the exactly. conference so yeah mechanical well, yeah. parlay think, yeah yeah and if you think they're going to if you think they're going to lose in the conference championship which is to me that's too ballsy that's plus 1500 Okay, I'll, I'll meet you halfway, and I'll say divisional round because theoretically you should be able to win a wild card if everything is going smoothly. And let's say the Bengals are just gangbusters, and Deshaun Watson takes a little bit to rev his wheels and gets in motion. They squeak in the wild card. They could get that win. I'm not going to argue that. I could see that. But either way, those are better odds than having to win the division, right? Look at Keith. I love it. What are, what are the odds? Rhodes. Rhodes. Oh, plus, plus four. What? It's plus the odds 4, for the Browns plus four thousand. Yeah, I mean, I'll throw down ten bucks on that for sure. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's that's a gimme bet for sure. Throw yeah. bet. Uh, no doubt. Um, I, I feel you, Keith. I mean, plus uh, four thousand. Uh, to win the conference is plus twenty two hundred. That's a leap from plus five hundred. They they're mighty faithful. The Browns aren't gonna uh, get to the conference finals at plus five hundred to winning that game at plus twenty two hundred, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so you're saying there's a chance? Yeah, I mean seriously, uh, listen. I I'm gonna be honest with you right now, as as we have just under five minutes. Like I think that everybody is sleeping on the Browns. I think that Watson is totally locked in, and I think that the Browns, like if he plays, so I said seventy percent, he could play seventy percent of what he was with the Texans, and I think the Browns have a chance to win the division, and they go over the nine and a half. But I agree. if he plays 90%, and that's very much in the range of outcomes, or 95% of what he was, by the end of the season, they very, very much are a threat to go deep into the playoffs. And I truly believe that from the bottom of my heart. Like, I, I honest to God mean that. No homerism. Believe that, like, I so, just believe so that. Like, I truly believe that. Like, not trying to be a homer. Like, looking at the way of the... I, and I feel that way about like I, I'm down on the Ravens too. Like I just I just can't see Todd Monken walking. I know he's a genius. He did all this stuff with Georgia. I just don't see like people are like, oh, Monken's just gonna walk in and and oh, I don't. I didn't say it was. I didn't say it was a genius. I, I'm I'm with you. It's just a lot a, of people feel that way after his time yeah. in Georgia, right? But like yeah. doing that at Georgia and doing that at the NFL level is completely different. And you know, I, I don't know. I just. And doing that with Lamar is different too. So, like, I mean, Lamar is not your, tip, you know, prototypical. He's not Stetson Bennett. He's not going to be discipl- as disciplined as, you know, Stetson Bennett or sit in the pocket and make the throws like he did. He's going to do different things. I just don't believe in Lamar as a thrower as much well, as a lot of people do. Well, co- co- coaching in college, here's the big, and this this goes back to gambling. The big when I watch college football compared to the NFL, the biggest difference. I think this is what Joe Brady struggled with too. Because remember, everybody said Joe Brady was a genius too when he had LSU and Joe Burrow and all those dudes, and then he went to the Panthers and got got fired. So this happens a lot. Yards are cheap in college, right? Yes. You, they they yes. get they score more, they get more. You can take more risks. The talent gap is bigger. Yards are cheap. 
right? Going for it on fourth down in college is way less dumb or way it's way it's a much easier proposition than going for it on fourth down in the NFL because yards are so cheap. There's a good chance you're gonna get that ball right back if some 18 year old kid may fumble, right? Like yeah. so that what you're describing as far as his leap has I don't think it's even uh, me insulting Lamar Jackson. It's just that you have to, what you did in Georgia is not going to work. I'm not saying he's not going to be a good coordinator. It's just it's not going to be the same thing. He has to make serious adjustments because when you're Georgia and you're playing Akron 90% of the time, I mean, because realistically, you look at a team like Georgia. We'll use Ohio State as an example. They play two guys. They play two teams a year that have the same talent level as them. The rest is just them you know, automatically picking whatever pops up on their call sheet. Yards are cheap. That's what he's going to have to I'm, deal with. So I, I agree with I'm, you. I don't think he's a god by any means. I mean, they got in trouble, and what they do? They took that big tight end. What's his name? The best tight end in the country um, from Georgia. Brock Bowers. Uh, Brock Bowers, and they would kick him outside and isolate him. and Put him in a running him back and do a plans and, do like, yeah. like, come on, man. That, you're not going to be able to do that with Mark Andrews. I'm no. sorry. Like, it, it's no. just different. And I'm not saying Todd Monken is not a smart mind, and I think that he probably will give him a couple years there, and they probably will get something going. But like to walk in and think that it's going to work right away with Odell Beckham and Zay Flowers and Rashad Bateman, though I mean, a those three guys are not the most dependable group of wide receivers I've ever heard of in my life. Explosive, maybe yes. Beckham, maybe in his prime, yes. But you know, three knee injuries later. didn't play at all last year. Zay Flowers straight out of the draft and Rashad Bateman off an injury in an underperforming year. I just don't. And Lamar, like they had to build that thing, Greg Roman way all around him just so that he, they could make that work for him. Like, how is he? I I don't know. Is, is Munkin going to be able to do that and run with him the way that he is. That's not really the kind of offense that he's run traditionally, right? He's more of had a drop back passer type of, uh, of air raid tendencies, right. Uh, from Munkin is, is kind of how I would say it. Right. I don't know. Listen, I just think, I don't know. I just think the Browns are better than them. I think that if you get the performance from Watson, I think the Browns are going to be really fucking good. And I think they have a chance to go far in the playoffs because chances are, if he starts to get hot, he gets hot late and they go in hot. I mean, I know this take is hot and spicy. I know it is. I know it is. Hey, that I know, I is know a it. disgusting act. Hey. That is- but it's just, it's, it's, it's how I feel. And, you and, I, and you think, excited, yeah, we you start getting go. excited, motherfucker. That's where I'm at. So, so I could put you down for one Browns lose in the conference championship game plus 1500. Uh, what now? Repeat that. Browns lose Browns lose in the conference championship game plus 1500. I don't even think I don't even see that. Like if if Watson is feeling that they got a very good chance to go to the Super Bowl, but I I think that um Plus, that's what it is. Plus fifteen hundred, they lose in the conference championship game. Yeah, and then to lose in the Super Bowl, it's plus twenty eight hundred. To win the Super Bowl, it's plus four thousand. Wait, how is to win? Oh, to know, win right? the wild card is plus five hundred, right? Uh, I don't. I'm looking at the losing bets. That's just what I clicked on by accident. Yeah, that was weird. Like, how is plus fifteen hundred to lose? 
but I thought it was Indeed. plus 500 to win the conference semis. Because isn't that the same thing? Oh, I guess you're betting one side of the yeah. of the game, of the next game, so it would increase the odds. That's that's a big jump, though. Um, it's huge. Yeah, but we're not losing cash. Well, there you go. Yeah. So you're gonna take Browns to win the Super Bowl plus four thousand. I mean, listen, I'm not saying they're winning the Super Bowl this year, but I'm just saying they have as good a chance as as a lot of teams if you get Watson back, right? Like, I just, you know, that's just where I'm at. I'm just saying. If, you have, you, if you have to bet on a round, which one are you picking? I, I think that they, if I had to bet on a round right now, I would say they lose in the conference championship. Plus 2,800. Good bet. That that's how I would bet the Browns too. I wouldn't bet on the division. I wouldn't bet on the wins. I would go straight to the where do I think that they're going to go in the playoffs and where they're going to get eliminated because those odds are and pretty I, good. Yeah, I don't even know how how they get eliminated. Who I just like think they can make it to the like. I think they can make it to the conference finals, and I think nobody believes that. And I know I sound like a super homer right now, but like I, I don't really care. That's just kind of where I'm at. And I'm tired of uh, trying to hide my uh, enthusiasm. So fuck it. I'm going. I'm going in. I'm going they, in. Know, it, I mean, Andrew, they invested a lot. They, the, the roster's good. Uh, you know, they're right the there. The roster is good. The roster is good. You know, I think, you know, Jake brought up some good points earlier this week about you know, I think it's fair to question a little bit. I heard him and Andrew on his podcast questioning a little bit about, um, you know, Schwartz's ability to really, like, I think come playoff time and in big games, is he going to be able to really confuse quarterbacks with secondary coverage? Because kind of the knock on him a couple years after the Super Bowl in Philadelphia was, hey, they figured it out, right? Like, and they figured out his defense and he never got created and creative enough on the back end to really fool people. They won a super bowl there a, and then people yeah. adjusted to it. So, okay. But then the kind of the thing was, okay, in Tennessee, he is kind of caught up with modern techniques. I just want, he's got a really good secondary or the talent to have a tremendous secondary back there. Like let's make sure that come, big games that, you know, the Browns have had success in the past confusing Joe Burrow and, and showing him different stuff. Let's let's not get away from some of that, right? Like I think that the I, defensive line is underrated too. I think that there there's enough pieces there that have shown flashes where I really do think that someone is going to emerge and it's going to be interesting. But yeah, we'll see. I think that's that's kind of what they're banking on, I feel like is like yeah. we've got four guys that could be good enough and if two of them or one of them does it, then we'll be fine. And I think that's kind of how they're approaching it. So, um, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I mean, Schwartz does not play soft zone. Uh, you know, we should be good. You're right. High socks, the defense will be fun. I think the defense will be a lot of fun. Uh, I think they're going to put a lot of pressure. Uh, on people, and I think they're going to play man um, more than we're used to seeing. Listen, don't get crazy. I mean, this is a zone league. You're going to see zone uh, regardless at times, but 
in certain situations, if they pick the right spots, they have the corners to really lock down some good wide receiver cores. Yeah. Yeah. I agree, Evan. Uh, it could be they could listen. I I don't think they'll be. I think they'll be fun all year, but I think this is what like the perfect storm, right? And I'll leave you guys with this. But like the perfect storm is Watson is good, but then really starts to get hot in the second half of the year, and they start to really compile some wins, and and they're in it in the division. And I don't really care if they win the division or not, as long as they get in and he's hot, but also very likely at the same time, you get a defense and you've seen our defense play much better, even under Joe Woods in the back half of seasons against poor competition at times, but still better, but with a much better coach, better talent, uh, a better pass rush. Hopefully that identity of, Hey, we're going to get after quarterbacks. We're going to fuck shit up in the backfield. You know, we may give up a big play here or there, but we're going to be disruptive and we're going to turn people over and we've got corners that are going to be physical and play man to man and we're going to get after it. So that identity and then his coaching starts to take hold in the second half. And now they round into kind of a top 10 defense at the same time as Watson's rounding into his game is really getting, you know, sharp and, and you get kind of the perfect storm of, Hey, you know, the Browns are here to fuck your world up. And that's kind of yeah. ideal, right? Yeah. I agree. Uh, so there it is. Uh, any parting thoughts? I think that's a good way to leave things. No, man, you you summarize it all. You know, I like our betting conversations. There was there was a good time. It's always good to value. Try to figure out what the best value is and where, where can we make some money. So it's always fun. To talk yeah, about that. and and what and what Vegas is thinking, right? You know what I mean. So uh, still perplexed by the the one fifteen positive uh, plus one fifteen on the high side of nine and a half and the plus two four twenty five uh to win the division. I that still perplexes me, but not you so much, huh? You see it. Well I it was one of those I when you initially said it it did not per- I was like, well yeah, because the, the I'm assuming that my thought process of the AFC North is that the Bengals are a buzzsaw. But, I mean, when you made me pull up the, the standings of last year, the AFC North was a lot more crunched than I gave it credit for. So maybe I'm wrong, and that may kind of made me open my eyes. Either way, if I have to think about it, that's probably a bet that I'm not taking. Um, I'd be more apt to take in the over. But I, I see your point. So the the Ravens' odds, just so you know, okay, to win – they're at 10 games – I don't know how they, they figure this out. Okay, I, so I think they're nine and a half as well, but the they're negative one twenty on the high side, right? So that's they what they consider ten, right? Because uh, it's negative odds on the high side of nine and a half, and positive uh, and plus one hundred on the low side of. Do you see that? Is that what you have nine and a half for them? Yeah, they're at nine and a half. Yeah. Yeah. And so, like, what the site I'm looking at is has them at ten because they're going off the the odds, right? Um, and then the Bengals are at eleven and a half wins. Is that right? Is that what you have? I'm scrolling. Yeah. See, I don't know that. That's bonkers. 
I would be more apt to bet the the Ravens over because I, I do like Lamar Jackson. I think Hilarious. that they could fart out ten games. But the the Bengals won. That seems like a. I know that I you know I guess I was saying that they were a buzzsaw and they got twelve wins last year, but. I don't know if I want to take that. I mean, 11 and a half games and taking the over oh, there. shit. Man, I don't know if I would do that. that That's seems a like lot, a big, man. I know they did it last year, but it seems like a big number. Does. Not a fan. Uh, so, all right, let's, uh, with that, we can get out of here. It's Steelers eight and a half uh, is what they got here. So, that's uh, bet. Bet MGM over under wins Ravens at nine and a half Browns at nine and a half with the odds flipped. Uh, so they expect the Ravens to win 10, the Browns to win nine, the Bengals to win. I'm guessing the odds on that 11 and a half have to be negative money on the under, right? Uh, there's no way they're negative money to win over 11 and a half. You wouldn't imagine, right? Oh man, um, I just my computer just messed up. Uh, odds over plus one ten, under one thirty. So yeah, you're you're right. If they wouldn't have drafted you, yeah. listen. So I stand by my. Not gonna preach. I stand. I stand by my. Um, protest of the pick of DTR. However, I will say this, sir, that in in listen in listening to his interviews, kid sharp, sharp kid, likable kid, and uh there's a pretty good ball. So, I, listen, I'm not I'm not going to, you know, harp on it forever. They probably should have taken a, a safety or a linebacker that they could use now. Uh but that's okay. there if you if you leave college and the college improves at the quarterback position. You're not a quarterback. That's that's what it boils down to. Like, I mean, UCLA is going to be better off with him gone. They're happy. Just he wasn't good. He just wasn't good. He wasn't good. I'm so shocked by that pick myself. You think they're going to be better with him gone? UCLA, the quarterback position. Yes, whoever UCLA's quarterback is, whether it's Dante Moore or whether it's the transfer that they came in, the five circuit that that quarterback position will be better. Whether UCLA is better, I don't know because that the offense went through Zach Charbonnet, but the offense will be more focused around the quarterback. I would be willing to bet. It'd be it's kind of like when who was the quarterback? Was it uh, oh was the white guy Ponder when Ponder left and Florida State got better with Jameis Winston and everybody's like, well, that's crazy. It's like, dude, come on, like it's just. <laughs> Some of those guys that get propped up. I mean, DTR, he was handed the keys to a fun offense, a quarterback-friendly offense as a freshman, and he never got better. He never got better. Sometimes that's how it works. Uh, He was better his his senior year. Come on, give him – he put up monster numbers his senior year. That that offense allows him to – to do that, but I don't. I, I don't agree. think that they were better. I don't. You know, they didn't. They didn't compete for a conference championship. They lost all the games that they were predicted to lose. Plus, wasn't didn't he take advantage of the COVID year too? So he played. Technically, he yeah. started five whole years of college. Yeah, he played like I, I don't know. He played like fourteen years of college football, but um, <laughs> <laughs> that's besides the point. I I didn't dislike the point because of DTR. That's fine. Whatever. I think he's a sharp kid, and I liked him in his interview. So. I'm just saying that, uh, you know, I wish, wish they would have taken a different position, but I'm not. I'm over it. I'm over it. He's on the roster now, so I'm rooting. For oh my god! Oh my and- god!
Uh, so with that, uh, let's get out of here. Appreciate everybody tuning in tonight. It was a terrific show. Josh, uh, as always, you are fantastic. And, uh, let's, uh, let's catch up again soon. Like, you know, you're just, you're just my guy. You might as well just be my co-host. I mean, come on, let's just do it. Anytime, man. Anytime you need me, bro. It's always a good time. The chat loves you. The chat absolutely loves you. And that's fantastic. That and I, I just they do they adore you, so uh, I love Josh, uh, DTR gets a ring. Yeah, that'll be the day. <laughs> I hope so. Uh, so uh, I hope so too. Me too. Uh, all right, and with that, uh, ladies and gentlemen, let's uh, get out of here and uh, have a lovely evening. Uh, thanks for watching. Uh, all eyes on Cleveland with the great Josh Keatley. Follow him on Twitter. Uh, he's terrific. Uh, he writes for the Buckeyes Wire, and he is uh, always always a blast. Uh, my name is Brad Ward. This has been the OBR stream. Uh, jump back on here in 48 minutes. I'll be on TSSS Fantasy with a bunch of other people, including Steve Bush and uh, Jeff Floyd and uh, Jacob Roach and a bunch of people. So. Thank you, everybody. And with that, uh, for everybody at the OBR, Josh Keith Lee uh, and Blue Wire Podcast.